Today, we are very pleased to welcome our expert, Stephanie Sarkis. Dr. Sarkis is the author of four books, including ADD and Your Money, A Guide to Personal Finance for Adults with Attention Deficit Disorder. She is an adjunct professor at Florida Atlantic University. Again, we are very pleased to welcome today's expert, Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. Dr. Sarkis, if you would like to begin. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, everyone, for attending today. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, money issues that happen when you have ADHD. Uh, there are about 4.4% of people in the United States that have ADHD, so that, that's quite a few million people. Uh, they're in our exclusive club of ADHDers. Um, and when I've been working with uh, clients and patients, one of the main things that, that seems to be a topic amongst people with ADHD are, is money. Uh, there's uh, overspending on items, impulsive spending, not saving up for the future. Couples, when one or more people have ADHD, they argue about money. Uh, so it is a big issue. And when you look at uh, the frontal lobes of the brain, that's where all your ADHD stuff happens, there are things called executive functions. Executive functions are things like uh, paying attention to detail, being able to stop your behavior, being able to regulate behavior, and those are the things that are impaired with ADHD. So when you look at money issues, that's all the stuff that people with ADHD you know, have an issue with, which is you know details, focusing, uh, not wanting to buy something or stopping yourself from buying something when you really want it. Uh, so those get to be really big issues. And again, couples come in and see me uh, because either uh, someone's been doing what I call sneaky spending uh, when they don't want their spouse or partner to know that they've been spending a lot of money, they go kind of hide it, and then the other spouse or partner usually finds out. Uh, or uh, there are bills that aren't paid on time, there's late fees stacking up, and those result in lower credit score. Um, so those are the things that, that uh, usually come up with couples that come in to see me. Now, one of the biggest issues that people have with money and ADHD is just staying organized. Uh, there's a lot of, again, detail work that goes with money. There's money management software, there's bills to keep track of, and so things can just start piling up and piling up really quickly, and that can be really overwhelming to someone with ADHD. And what I found is that people say, you know what, it's, it's such a big hassle, I'm not even going to bother with it. But the problem is you still have to pay those bills. So those bills keep coming, and then people just kind of shove them to the side. Um, but it's really important to just get a handle on it. And I know that that's easier said than done, but there are ways that people with ADHD can get help uh, for practice organization with money, uh, impulsive spending. And one of those things is to get help from financial professionals. I think it's really important that we reach out to people that can help us. Uh, my feeling is, is that asking for help is a strength, not a weakness. Uh, and nobody gets through this stuff alone. I mean, even CEOs and major companies, they have hundreds of people backing them up and helping them. So, you know, you are the CEO of your life. So it's important that you reach out and get help, whether that's from uh, hiring a bookkeeper or an accountant or a trusted friend or family member that's good with organization and money issues. So it's really important just to reach out and get help. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, uh, you know, Dr. Sarkis, that's great, but uh, I have money issues, so how am I going to pay for these people? The thing is, is that you can't afford not to hire somebody. It's really important to reach out, and, and sometimes you can barter with people. Like, let's say you have a really good friend that's good at organizing and money management. Maybe you could trade. Um, you guys both have kids, so you can babysit the kids for a while, and in exchange, she can help you with your organization. Um, there are all different ways to get help from people, uh, and again, you can't afford not to. Another way to help uh, pay your bills on time and get track of your money is to do everything online. 
Um, we live in a digital age, which is great for people with ADHD because it really cuts down the papers. You can get emails sent to you when your bills are due. You can get automatic withdrawal from your account for, let's say, your electric bill. They'll send you an email saying how much you owe. They'll, it'll come out of your account at a certain time every month. Uh, there are also different uh, software programs that you can use, like Quicken, uh, Mint.com. Uh, so there are a lot of different ways to organize. And again, have somebody that you know, a trusted friend or family member or, uh, or financial professional help you set those things up. Uh, as far as checks go, a great thing with checks is that you can have a, a direct deposit. So now there's not a chance of you losing your paycheck, uh, which happens to a lot of people with ADHD. So again, sign up for as many online services as, as possible. And virtually all banks have online services now, so just take advantage of that. When you're looking for a bank, you know, ask them, say, you know, what, what are your online services? You can transfer money online. You can pay bills from your, uh, directly from your account online. Those are the kind of things that people with ADHD really need. We need to streamline those processes so we're not having to deal with uh, a lot of detail work uh, and a lot of excess paperwork. Another really important thing to know is when to shred and when to keep papers. Now, you can scan a lot of things, and that's great, too, because the IRS, uh, for tax, is they'll accept a scanned receipt as it is just like a real receipt uh, if you're audited, you know, God forbid. Uh, so you can scan those things and they get rid of the original. And so that's just something to keep in mind too, that the more you have digitally stored, the less paperwork you have. And receipts tend to kind of just breed, they kind of multiply and multiply. Um, so again, just getting a scanner, um, there is a, a smart scanner that just takes in your receipt and then and automatically writes on the program, you know, what you uh, wrote the receipt for, how much money it was, what category it's in. And then when you pay taxes, you just press a button and you print out the list of, of, uh, of receipts. Uh, so there are different tricks and tips that you can use uh, to organize your money. Now, in regards to impulsivity when you're shopping, uh, people with ADHD, they have their grocery list and they tend to get things that aren't on the list and then they forget to get things on the list. So uh, what I recommend is just checking your cart before you leave. So you know, if you're, way out, if you're on your way out of Target or Walmart, just stop your cart, look at everything in there. Okay, so make sure that everything that's on the list is stuff that you got, and if anything's not on the list, ask yourself if you really need that item. Is this something that I can live without? Usually the answer is yes. Okay, so you may find that you know, if you're in a, in a bad mood, you know, buying something makes you feel better, but that's just temporary, and then you have buyer's remorse later on. Um, so again, just check your cart before you leave. You know, and I think with ADHD, we get a free pass on putting things away, not where they're supposed to go, but at the front of the aisle. I think we're allowed to do that. I think we're allowed to put things in, in the place they're not supposed to go. Uh, because I think the important thing is just don't buy that stuff and just buy the things on your list. And it's also important that you wait about 24 hours before making a, what I call big ticket item purchases. Uh, that could be anything, you know, over $100, $500, $1,000. And sometimes couples will come in and say, uh, this is one of the issues is that you went out and bought like a brand new stereo and we just don't have that money and you put it all on the credit card. And again, um, one of those things is you just have to wait 24 hours. And you may tell yourself, well, I may not get that thing. It might be gone. Well, then maybe it wasn't yours to begin with. You know, maybe you should just let that go. So again, if something is meant to be in your life, it'll still be there. Um, so again, wait 24 hours before making big purchases. Also, credit cards. There used to be uh, the saying that you know only use your credit card for emergencies uh, or put them in the freezer so you don't use them. Um, I think it's important that if you're doing any kind of online purchasing that you use a credit card instead of a debit card. Debit card, the money goes automatically out. Credit card, um, you uh, have a time period where you can uh, uh, 
going to dispute a purchase. Um, so again, you want to have a credit card. And you want a credit card that's not linked to your bank account. And you also want to lower your credit limit. If you do have an issue with credit cards, I mean, the, the ultimate, the, the thing you want to do is pay off your credit card in full every month. That's the goal. Um, so you can lower your credit limit. If you know that you tend to just kind of overspend, then you can call the credit company and see if they can lower the credit limit. You can also call and ask them to lower your interest rate. Um, a lot of times they'll do that, no questions asked. Um, you know, everything's negotiable, and I think it's something that we should take advantage of. Uh, and when you do have credit card debt, you want to look at your credit cards and look at which interest rate is the highest, which card is the highest interest rate. And then you want to start paying them down backwards. So you want to start with the highest interest rate credit card first, you know, make your minimum payments on the other ones, and start paying that highest interest rate one first, and then work your way down. Um, you can get uh, tips and help with how to pay down that debt. There are consumer credit counseling services. If you're having a really hard time, you're really uh, in debt. Um, and again, financial professionals can help you with that too. Um, also, just uh, medication for ADHD. There have been studies that have, that have been done that if you don't have medication for ADHD, you're more likely to make impulsive purchases. Uh, you're more likely to uh, spend a lot more money now than, than save up and spend less later. Um, there are actually studies showing that. Uh, so medication does seem to help impulsive spending. It also seems to stop that kind of high people get uh, when, they, uh, when they do shopping and they do spend money and they don't, they don't have. And when you have ADHD, you have a low level of a brain chemical called dopamine. And medication raises your dopamine to a normal level. And, but also, what, what else happens when you have low dopamine is you find a way to replace that, whether you realize it or not. So you may do impulsive spending. You may do some sneaky spending. And that can kind of get your dopamine level up so your brain starts feeling better. Um, but medication is an FDA-approved way of making sure that your dopamine level uh, is that of someone without ADHD. Now, long-term consequences of being impulsive with money include poor credit ratings, uh, feelings of failure, uh, lack of savings for retirement. You may have to work longer than you thought because you don't have that money saved up. Um, so there is hope for people with ADHD in terms of financial management. Uh, you want to set some goals. You want to have some immediate goals. What do you want to accomplish with your savings or, or your money picture a month from now? What do you want to accomplish a year from now? What do you want to accomplish five years from now? And just continue to look at that list. I think when we write down our goals, it makes them much more real to us. Um, also, you want to make and stick to a budget. Um, again, this is something that's really difficult for people with ADHD, but if you have someone help you with this, um, it can go much easier. Uh, and we're not talking about a budget where you write down every little detail. You just want to do what I call a ballpark budget. You just want to have kind of rounded up numbers. Um, you want to make it as simplified as possible. You also want to know when to keep and shred documents. Usually it's about seven years. Uh, for bank documents, but again, go to your financial professional and ask them for updated dates on, on when you can shred things. And so those are just some tips about how to uh, help your financial picture when you have ADHD. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And we are just preparing for our first question. Our first question is from Karen. And Karen asks, how do you find a qualified professional to help you with money management? I think that, that's a great question. I think that, um, that it can be tricky because you want to know what financial professional you need. Um, so first you want to ask uh, friends and family members who they recommend. Um, you don't have to disclose that you have ADHD. You can just say, you know, who's a good bookkeeper? Who's a good accountant? And people will refer you. Also, you can go on a Yelp.com. Uh, they give recommendations. 
Um, there are uh, forums on ADHD and also the Chad website. Um, you may meet people that can give you recommendations on that. Uh, so, and when you do interview people with, uh, that you're thinking about using for money management, you can say, you know, do you have experience with people with chronic disorganization? Again, you don't have to disclose you have ADHD if you don't feel comfortable doing so. Uh, and there are financial professionals that, that are used to people showing up at tax time with a shoebox of receipts and going, okay, here, take care of these. Um, so you want somebody that you feel comfortable with and that you feel uh, that you can discuss your financial picture with without feeling uh, like you need to hide stuff. Uh, because sometimes when you have ADHD, you feel like you kind of, you can't, fully disclose stuff. So again, you want something that you just feel comfortable with. And you really want to trust your intuition uh, with that. Is this someone that you can be real with about your money issues? So again, get referrals from friends and family members. Uh, and also go to some of the ADHD websites like Chad and, uh, and you can get some recommendations. Wonderful. Thank you. We have a question from Gail. And Gail has a 16-year-old daughter who is ready for her own checking account. She, Gail says that her daughter has her first full-time job and wants direct deposit. She feels that her daughter may not be mature enough or ready to handle her own money because she would spend it right away. Gail would like to know if she should go ahead and have her own checking account and what suggestions do you have so that she can help her daughter learn to manage this checking account and manage her money as a 16-year-old. As a Great question. Uh, a lot of banks will allow you to open up an account for a minor uh, with your name on the account, and you have control over when money comes and goes from it. Uh, so what that means is you could have a savings account stuck to the checking account, but the money goes into savings, and you're the only one as the parent that can get that money out. So when the money in checking's out, then it's out. Okay, so that way um, you can't have somebody kind of go or your kid go into savings and transfer money over. So that's one way to, to have her kind of have her own account, but you still have control over it. I think it's a great idea to have her get a checking account. I think the earlier we teach kids about um, financial issues, the better. Um, so again, but your bank can help you so that you have some, some uh, kind of gates put on that account, some safety gates to make sure the money isn't transferred out and spent all at once. Okay. Well, we go from 16 to 7, and Sherry has a son who has just turned 7, and she'd like to know how do I teach him the best way to control his spending and save money at such an early age? Great question again. Um, I have a whole chapter in my money book on that. I have to talk to kids about money. Um, I think just at, even at an earlier age, I think teaching kids about money is great. Um, one thing I don't recommend is talking to, to kids about how much money you make. I don't think that's appropriate. And kids, whatever, if, if you have kids, you know, whatever you tell them is going to, you know, some of you, they're going to tell somebody else. Uh, so again, I wouldn't talk to them about how much money you earn. If they ask, you just say that's not something that parents talk to the kids about. Um, as far as how money works, uh, you can have your kid uh, look at an item maybe that they want, and they learn what it means to save up for that item. And when you kids save up for items, they tend to treat those items better. Uh, they, they tend to lose them less, even if they have ADHD. So again, I talk about, you know, okay, here's how you can earn some money. You know, if, you, uh, if you pick up the dishes every day for a week, you get a, a couple dollars. Uh, and so you can say, okay, here's, and you can draw a chart and say, okay, here's two dollars. Here, the the game you want for your Xbox is, you know, uh, I don't know, seventy-five bucks. So you can say, okay, now you're getting closer. And kids with ADHD need a visual representation. So again, having them be able to earn the money, um, and then you get some work out of them too, which is always a nice bonus when you're a parent. Um, and then also you can show them how much it takes to earn something. And again, they will respect an item more when they feel like they've. 
Wonderful. Well, when we're talking about um, teenagers earning money, Brenda asks, do you have any suggestions for helping a teenager learn to manage the money that they have, learned, that they have earned? Again, I look at a bank account where you have parental control over the account. Um, I think also working with a kid on a budget, uh, let's say that they have uh, you know, schools coming up and they want to have some new outfits for school, um, you can show them how to comparison shop online or how to comparison shop at the mall and just teach them starting out with those things how to have better control over your money. And that you know, it's not how much money that you take home from your you know, part-time job, it's how much you get to keep. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to tell teenagers, because teenagers do have a lot of disposable income. It's one of the highest targeted groups by marketers marketers because of that issue. Um, so again, I talk to them about uh, comparison shopping, smart consumer practices, um, checking their cart before they, they check out, and again, having those controls on accounts um, so that you know, they can't get money out of savings, and you're the one that kind of doles it out in the checking. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, one more thing. Thing too, actually, if I could add yes. this, I think it's important to have kids feel like they have some kind of financial say um, in their lives. So if you have a meeting every week, and I think this is a great way just for family members to connect with each other, uh, you could say, you know, hey, we're looking at new cell phone plans, and we were wondering if you could look at them and find out which one's the best deal. And it's up to the teenager, you know, they're so tech savvy, they can look up all sorts of rates for plans and everything, and they can present that at the next family meeting. And that way they feel like they have some say uh, in the process. Now, you know, I, I call parenting, it's like a benevolent dictatorship. Um, so you get the final say, of course, on what cell plan, but I think it's important for teenagers to you know, have that practice and to feel competent in uh, being able to make financial uh, uh, decisions and uh, learn how to kind of obtain financial information. Thank you. Well, Ashley asks, what are some examples of appropriate financial goals and some small steps that you can take to teach long-term money management? We've talked about our 7-year-old, we've talked about our 16-year-old. What can we do to teach children long-term money management? Long-term money management, I think first you have to just start out with, uh, with they want an item and let's see how you can earn that item and you get this much money for doing this, you get this much money for this task. Um, that's how you teach financial management to kids. Uh, you start you start slow and start kind of low with that. Uh, and then as far as setting goals for adults, um, you want to look at first, you want to figure out how much debt you have and what you have debt in. Um, if you have credit card debt, a, a goal in, um, in a month could be, you know, I put $500 towards this credit card. A goal six months from now could be I pay off one of my credit cards. A goal a year from now could be I paid off three credit cards. And then a goal five years from now would be that you're debt-free. So I think it's important to start with baby steps and say, okay, this is what's going on. This is our financial picture. And I, I know a lot of people with ADHD, um, it's really difficult for us to look at how much money we owe on something. It's kind of scary. But once you actually look at the numbers, it's usually not as bad as you think it is. So again, I, I would work on first paying off your debt. Those would be your immediate goals. Uh, and then your long-term goal, again, would be to, to be debt-free. So that's how you would set up uh, financial goals for an adult. All right. Well, Amanda asks, are there software tools or apps that are available to assist people with ADHD manage their money? Yes, there's uh, Quicken is an online software uh, that you can use. There's also Mint.com. Uh, people have had success with that. Um, and what's nice is it's kind of a simplified way of keeping track of your money. And, and you just click a button or schedule it, and it'll automatically sync up your accounts with your online bank. 
So you can see where you're spending money, and there are also a lot of graphs available on those uh, programs and, and apps. Um, I think that's really helpful because a lot of people with ADHD were very visual, and if we see a graph of what we're spending money on, uh, you may say, oh, geez, I spent like, you know, half my income on the dogs, and, you know, I don't know if I should be doing that. So it gives you an idea of what you're spending money on. So those two programs, again, that's mint.com, it's mint.com, and also Quicken Software uh, can help you organize your money in a way that's pretty user-friendly. And again, that's something where you can have a trusted friend or family member kind of walk you through how to set it up. Um, a bookkeeper, somebody that just keeps track of your money, can show you how to do that. Um, so again, those are just really quick, easy ways of, of, uh, of helping yourself out. Uh, for iPhones, you know, my bank has an app um, where I can actually look at my accounts on my phone and transfer money and pay things uh, right from there. So you can see if your bank also has an app, and a lot of them do at this point. Great. We have a question from Catherine. And Catherine says, the thought of getting receipts together for an account or bookkeeper is daunting. How do I get past this and organize these documents? Well, the way I handle receipts is I have a folder that's got all the months of the year. And whenever I get a receipt, I put it right in the month that I'm, I'm in. Uh, and that, that's how I keep the receipts out of the way. Um, also, I scan them, um, or I have my assistant scan them, and we put them into the computer. And that's a way to get rid of the papers, too. Uh, and it's okay, you know, if you are first doing this and you just show up with a shoebox of receipts to your financial professional, that's okay because you, you have the receipts. At least, you know, you have something in your possession that shows you bought things so you can get write-offs. Um, so you have to be a little easy on yourself, too, that, you know, this is going to take some time because you've been doing financial uh, behavior a certain way for this many years. So it's going to take a while to kind of turn it around. But, again, you know, you want a financial professional that you show up with a shoebox and they're okay with that. And trust me, it won't be the first time that that's happened. Uh, but again, what I do is I file the receipts and I scan them, and then they go into my Quicken program, um, or I send them to my accountant. So again, you want to make everything as paperless as possible. Scan as much as you can. Thank you. We have a question from Yuchendu, who asks, what is the best way to go about making a list to prioritize your spending? You mentioned a moment ago with the one program that lets you see where your money's going. How do you prioritize your spending? You prioritize your spending by writing down, uh, first, you, know, you want to look at your debts. What do you owe? And what is the percentage rate on those debts? Okay, that's the most important part. So if you have a credit card, what percentage are you paying on that? If you have a car loan, what percentage are you paying on that? So first you have to get a picture of how much you owe. Then you need to figure out how much you're taking in. So you need to look at your pay stubs, uh, get an idea. Get a, you can even ask your employer, can I get a printout of, of my, my pay for the last year? Um, and you need to look at that. So first you want to subtract. You know, what, what is your debt from how much you're earning? And then you need to write down your needs. So your needs are you know, food, shelter. Uh, so again, that's paying rent or mortgage, uh, buying groceries. Those are the things that you can't live without. Those are the things that you need to spend money on first. Okay? You need to get rid of your debt. You need to spend on your needs. And then the money left over is what you have for your wants. Wants could be entertainment expenses, going out to eat. Those are things that are extras. You don't need to spend the money on those. You will survive without 88 cable channels or 800 cable channels or going out to dinner. So you really kind of need to, to go on kind of a financial diet and only spend on what you need rather than what you want. And, you know, the, again, that's easier said than done, but I think the more you practice it, the more you realize that you're paying down debt, the better it feels, and the more you get in that mode. So, again, write down your debt 
write down your income and then write down how much you pay for those things that you definitely need. Those are things that you can't negotiate with. You can't really call your bank and say, hey, I'd like to pay like $1,000 less on my mortgage. They don't really do that. Um, so those are things that you must pay. Uh, those are called fixed expenses. Flexible expenses, again, are entertainment expenses, and those are the things that you only pay if you have money left over. Your goal is you want to at least put some money into savings every month. Okay, so again, debt, income, needs, wants, and then how much money you're going to put into savings. So that's the way I would prioritize. And everybody's different, but that's, that usually works for a lot of people. Thank you. We have a question from Valerie, and uh, she asks, how can someone with ADHD repair finan financial damage that's already been done? So how does someone come out of the hole when they realize that there's been a problem? Well, there are consumer credit uh, services available, and these services uh, either pay us, uh, you pay a small fee or no fee, um, so they can look at your credit, and if you do have a lot of creditors, they can actually work with the creditors to uh, maybe pay a lump sum uh, at a lower interest rate uh, for you. So, uh, but they can put some dings on your credit, so you want to double check with them. You want to be really careful about uh, any kind of credit agency that makes you pay a large fee up front. Um, usually those are not legit, so you just want to uh, review those and make sure that they are reputable credit agencies. Uh, and also, you can negotiate with your creditors, too. You can say to them, you know, can I set up a payment plan? A lot of times, they're happy to get paid, so they will work that out with you. Um, it's also important to know your rights uh, as somebody owing money. Uh, they, creditors cannot call you uh, before 8 in the morning. They can't call you after 6 at night. They are allowed to call your place of employment or your neighbors. They can't say why they're calling, uh, but they can call to get information, like your phone number. If you write to them and ask them to stop contacting you, they must do that within 30 days. Uh, so you do have uh, consumer rights. So that is called the, the uh, Consumer Protection Act uh, through the Federal Trade Commission, FTC. And if you go to ftc.gov, uh, they do have a list of what your rights are. So I think that's important to know first, you know, what you can and what you can't do with creditors. But again, you can go to Consumer Credit Bureau and they can help you work down those payments and kind of consolidate them at a possibly lower interest rate. On the uh, idea of having to have had reached out, of having to reach out to uh, credit assistance, Lisa has the question, is it common for people with ADHD to have out-of-control spending to constantly be spending more than they earn? And how can someone rein that in? Yes, uh, absolutely, Lisa. Out-of-control spending is one of the biggest issues I see with people with ADHD and money, a lot of impulsive spending. Um, and since about 50% of people with ADHD also have depression and anxiety, uh, spending is a way that they kind of self-medicate. Uh, and But the problem is, is that it catches up with you later. So uh, one of the things I recommend again is impulsive spending. You lower the credit limit on your credit cards. Um, if your credit limit is $5,000, lower it down to $1,000 or $500. Uh, and, you can do that simply by calling them and asking them to lower it. That's all you need to do. Uh, that's one of the biggest things. Again, waiting 24 hours before you buy a big-ticket item, uh, going with someone shopping, someone that, that maybe has better impulse control or you know, is kind of a saver and not a spender, and they can kind of gently say to you, you know, is this something you really need or is this just something you want? And that kind of clicks to you, oh, wait a second, I need to review this purchase and see if this is something I really need. And I think we all know people that are really good at financial management that also are, will treat us with respect and be kind to us, and that can gently say, hey, let's take a look at this. Is this something you really need? 
So I think just doing those three things, lowering your credit limit, going with someone uh, shopping, and also checking your cart, I think, before you leave are ways that you can control your impulse spending. Wonderful. Thank you. Lizette has a question um, asking if you could please discuss the partnership between spouses and partners uh, when it comes to paying bills and managing money when one spouse has ADHD and one does not. Great question, Lizette. Uh, what I recommend to couples, uh, it depends on where they're at financially and how big of an issue it is. Uh, usually what happens is uh, people, the partner that doesn't have ADHD pays the bills and the person with ADHD, uh, they have a say in the financial makeup of things, but they don't necessarily have a hands-on bill-paying stuff. Uh, but uh, you can also work out something where each of you pays a certain percentage of the household costs like uh, based on income. So one person pays the mortgage, one person pays uh, the electric. Because joint accounts get, get, can get kind of tricky when, when people have ADHD because you may not write down a check amount. Uh, and that messes up your spouse or partner spending. Uh, so sometimes I recommend having separate accounts. And people say to me, well, doesn't that you know, hurt the intimacy of, of my relationship? And I'm like, no, it actually helps because you're not fighting as much about money. And when you have separate accounts, you know, if you bounce a check, that's, that's on you. It's not on your partner. So I think that's something to consider. Um, again, are keeping separate accounts and each of you pays certain things every month uh, you know, based on your income or you just split the, the cost right down the middle for the household. Um, so again, I think separate accounts is something to consider. And what you can have on your accounts is you can have something where you have the other partner's name on the account. You know, in the event of an emergency, they do have access to that money, but you know, otherwise you, you're in charge of your own account. And I think it's important too that if you have ADHD um, and you turn over the financial paying and financial detail work to your spouse or partner, you still have an equal say in, in how the money's spent. Um, and that's just something to keep in mind, that you do have rights as a person in the relationship uh, to express your feelings about how things should get paid uh, or not. Thank you. Uh, Carolyn has a question. What is the best way to begin restoring a good credit rating after bankruptcy? Unfortunately, many people with ADHD and many who don't have ADHD have to go through the bankruptcy process. How do you come out of that? How do you restore a good credit rating? I would talk to a bankruptcy attorney about that. Um, that gets in a lot of legalities I, I don't want to, uh, I'm not comfortable getting into. Um, but I would see a bankruptcy attorney, and a lot of bankruptcy attorneys, uh, either if you've gone through bankruptcy, you already have one that you've been in contact with, um, or a lot of bankruptcy attorneys will do a consultation uh, at no charge. I mean, I would talk to them about what are ways to build up your credit. Um, again, I, I think that's something that you know, someone that knows more about bankruptcy, I think, would, would be the best person to talk to about that. All right. Thank you. Tracy has a question. She notes that uh, ADHD and the symptoms of ADHD can make it extra difficult to manage money. She wants to know what can people with ADHD do above and beyond regular money management strategies to manage the deficits and weaknesses of ADHD? Well, like I was talking about before, I think medication is an important piece. Uh, medication has been shown, a stimulant medication has been shown to reduce the instances of uh, impulsive spending. Uh, it helps with level of frustration, so you're, you may not reach that point where you feel so frustrated, you feel like you have to spend something to feel better. Um, so again, I think uh, medication can be an important piece of getting that impulsivity under control because again, those, that frontal lobe of your brain with the executive functions, that's your ADHD stuff, 
Uh, that does impulsive spending. It does regulation of emotion, uh, being able to stop a behavior. Those are the things that are impaired with ADHD. And medication can make a big difference when it's working effectively in, uh, in curbing in that impulsivity. So you don't have to make yourself stop being impulsive. Your brain kind of automatically is able to stop the behavior. Then also counseling can help too, especially if, if you're in a relationship where money has been a big issue, um, that can help as well. All right, we have questions from Krista and Yuchendu, and they're very similar. Krista asks, how do you suggest people with ADHD schedule their time and deal with finances and paying bills? Should they set time aside to do this and how often? And Yuchendu asks, says that he has a budget, but there's a difficulty staying on it. How can he stay on track with his budget? Okay, first uh, I'll answer Chris's question about setting aside time. I think it is really important to set aside time. Um, I recommend having a meeting with your spouse or partner at least once a week where you sit down um, for an hour and just talk about financial issues and you stick to one topic at a time, whether that's you know changing cell phone plans or paying down credit card debt. And you each talk about the issue and make sure that you don't talk over each other. And this, these can be really heated issues that people have argued about before. But I think when you schedule a time to sit down and talk about it and you've prepared yourself for that, I think it's much easier to talk rationally and have a calmer discussion about it rather than when it's kind of like uh, thrown on you. Uh, so again, I think it is important to set aside time. Um, I think it's important to set aside time to start uh, interviewing or talking with financial professionals. I think that's important too, uh, because your financial health uh, can be just as important um, as your emotional health in a lot of ways. Um, so I think again, it's important to set aside that time, uh, whether that's you know an hour with your spouse or partner talking about financial issues, taking a couple hours just to research uh, financial professionals or meeting with them. And the the more you start doing these things, the more you start setting up this time to work on your finances the less time you're actually going to need because you'll get your money management software set up. You'll have somebody keeping track of your receipts for taxes. Um, so again, the, the more time you put into it, the less time you're going to need to put into it down the line. Now, you tend to, as far as staying on a, a budget, that can be really tricky for people with ADHD. And again, money management software can show you in a graph how much money you're spending in what area. And that can be enough to just tell you, wait a second, I'm spending way too much on going out to eat. I'm spending, you know, one-fourth of my income and going out to eat and, and not putting any money into savings. So I think money management software is a great way to kind of get a reality check uh, using those graph uh, uh, kind of apps uh, to look at how much money you're spending in a way that, that is really blatantly obvious. Because, again, people with ADHD are very visual. And you can see by graph how much money you're spending in what area. And, and again, just seeing that can help you make some changes. Thank you. Katie has a question that uh, many families have. How do you manage your finances when both spouses or partners have ADHD? What I recommend is having someone else help you with that. Again, um, you know, looking for help is a strength on a weakness. And having someone that just keeps track of your receipts and puts in your money management issues and, and puts in your finances into an online program um, can be a real big help. Um, I think bookkeepers, you can hire a bookkeeper just to keep track of your money. Um, and I think that way you are doing more of what you like to do and less of what you don't like to do. And that's kind of the goal of things. You want to be able to have more time to do the things you want to do and you want to not have to do the things you don't want to do. 
And money management is just one of those things with ADHD that we're probably not going to be that great at it, again, because of those executive functions that are impaired in our brain. So uh, just, again, having an assistant um, and or bookkeeper help you can really be worth it. Um, and again, I get the issue of people saying to me, I don't know if I can afford this. You can't afford not to. And what you'll find is the more you have someone to help you organize your money, the more money you're going to have left over to save up and, and get something you know, that you really enjoy, or you'll be able to you know, retire early even um, if you have someone else helping you out. So again, I would go ahead and, and hire somebody to help you with those things. Thank you. Barbara has a question. She has a 14-year-old son, and she's planning on opening a joint account with him and providing him with a secured credit card. What is the best way to determine how much money to put into his account on a regular basis? Well, a 14-year-old, I mean, they're usually not paying rent or mortgage, so you have to look at what are they spending money on. This is a great way to teach kids about a budget. Uh, you sit down with him and you say, okay, well, where are you spending your money? Let's say they, they go to the movies with their friends. You know, a ticket's, what, like 8 to 10 bucks now. So you can say, okay, well, that's, that's on your budget. And then you look at how much money he's actually spending. Okay? And the thing with, uh, with credit cards, a secured credit card, you can also get a prepaid credit card where you're actually putting cash on the credit card. And once that money is used up for the month, he's done. And the next month starts, and then he gets more money put on there. And he can also earn money, too. So I think that's a great tool for teaching kids responsible money management. Um, but again, I think also you can you know, start a budget with him on what he spends money on. And that's a good way also for him to realistically look at, you know, what are you spending money on that maybe you could put in savings instead? You know, he really wants a certain bike. And you can say, okay, well, that's this much money. And so let's work on saving up that money so you can buy that. And again, when kids use their own money to buy something, there tends to be a lot more respect for that item that they've bought. Um, so I think this is a great opportunity to teach him budgeting and money management skills. So again, it really depends on, on what activities he's doing and, uh, and you know, where he goes. And, and that really depends how much money you're going to give him. It also depends on your budget, too. I mean, obviously, you don't want to give so much money that's impacting your budget uh, that much. So I think that's something to look at as well. But, you know, your budget comes first. His is second. Thank you. Well, Brenda has a question. She also has a teenager, and she's looking to teach her son how to value money. She asks, how can I motivate him since he doesn't have a job or want to do chores, do chores to earn money? That's a tricky one because when kids don't want to do something, they can be pretty adamant about not doing it. Um, I think that you, know, you need to look at what is it that he is wanting money for? Um, is it to go to the movies with his friends? Is it to buy, you know, something for school, what, what is he spending money on? And I would really sit and talk with him and go, you know, I'm kind of confused because you want this, you know, $200, you know, or let's say $500 iPad, but when I ask you to mow the lawn, you don't, if for money, you don't want to do it. And I'm wondering what that's about. And, you know, kids are pretty honest with you, especially ADHD kids are really honest. And they'll say, well, you're not paying me enough. And you can say, well, what would you think is a reasonable amount of money to get paid? And then you kind of negotiate from there. And this is a great opportunity to teach kids about negotiation. Um, and you can have your limit to say, okay, this is the most I'll pay, and that's it. I'm done. You know, then, then you don't get money after that. And so when you get to, to be raising a teenager that won't do things for money, um, you try and figure out what is the root of that. 
Is it that he doesn't like being told what to do? Or are there certain chores that he'd rather do that he'd be willing to get money for? Or is it something where as long as he gets, as long as he does certain things around the house, you will give him a certain kind of stipend every month? Um, that's another way of doing it too. Um, you know, if you want to be real tough, you could just say, um, well, since you're not willing to do stuff for me, I'm not going to give you money and you only buy the necessities for him. But it really depends on your relationship with your child and how you think he's going to react to that. But I think the best way to do it is just sit with your teenager and go, I'm a little confused as to what's going on here because you don't want to earn money, but you still want it for stuff. And let's talk about that. Thank you. Mark has a question. He asks, what are tools to organize receipts and to import financial documents, excuse me, to organize tools and important financial documents for people with ADHD who already have difficulty staying organized? I think a scanner is essential, especially a receipt scanner. Um, mine's called Neat Receipts. So I have a regular scanner with my laptop, and then I have the Neat Receipt scanner. Um, I also have a scanner uh, app on my iPhone um, that you can basically just take a picture of a receipt, and it saves it for you in a PDF file. Um, so I think that first, you know, if you can, again, the IRS counts scanned receipts just as good as the original. So I would scan as much as you can and throw out the paper. You want to get to the point where you're, where you're paperless. Okay? I think also having a color-coded filing system works. So let's say um, all your auto loan stuff goes in a green folder, all your uh, student loan stuff goes in a blue folder. And so when you look in your file cabinet and you see those hanging folders, you know exactly what you're looking for. I think also getting an organizer or an organized, an organized friend or family member to help you out could be a great help. And when you are working with an organizer, you can say to them, you know, uh, just because we get organized doesn't mean this is going to be organized next week. It may be like this again, so I'm just letting you know ahead of time. And, um, and when I hired an assistant, I think she gave me the best answer to that. She said, well, you know, if things are messy next week, that's like job security for me, so that works. So that's the kind of person you want to have. You want to have a person that's understanding and is, is okay with the fact that things will not be organized by the next week. Uh, but again, I think getting to a paperless point is the best way to do things. And also, um, I set a timer on my phone or I set on my uh, to-do list uh, when I need to review Quicken. Um, and I think, again, medication helps because you feel like you can organize without having to put forth that much effort. So getting organized almost, it doesn't come naturally, but it takes a lot less brain power um, than before. So again, I think getting help with it, I think getting medication for it, getting good evaluation um, uh, for medication can help. And then also just using those tools to, again, become paperless as much as possible. Thank you. We're going to shift our topic just a little bit. Christina asks, is there a connection between having ADHD and under-earning? Yes. In fact, uh, Russell Barkley has done uh, uh, two longitudinal huge studies on ADHD. And people with ADHD, uh, he's done this study for years, uh, people with ADHD do tend to be underemployed. Uh, they tend to work below their ability level. And you may have even noticed this in school. You may have seen things on your report card like doesn't work to potential. And you may find you're even doing that now um, as an ADHD adult. You know, our brains mature, so we aren't as hyperactive as we get older, but we can still get some of that inattention and difficulty completing projects and difficulty getting organized. We may not be able to finish college or you know, get the job that you want, so it does start impacting uh, earning potential. Uh, and people with ADHD do tend to have a lower income on average than a person without ADHD. Thank you. 
We have a question from Debbie, and she has a son who's about to begin his freshman year of college. The problem is he's already spent all of the money that he earned from his summer job, and he's getting ready to leave for school very soon. She wants to send him to school. She's considering sending him to school without any money, but her husband wants to give him some to spend. What's the best route to teach, her, teach him to learn from this situation? Well, I have a whole chapter in my Making a Grade with ADD book. Um, it's about ADHD in college. I have a whole chapter on money management and college kids and kids with ADHD just going off for their first year of school. Um, I think that the, the fact that he spent all the money for college, I think that's a great learning tool. And you can sit down with them and say, okay, so you had X amount of money and you spent it. So let's see what we're going to do now. And what are some of your suggestions for what we should do? And that makes him take some responsibility for it. I think it's even more important that you and your husband agree on the money issue because you have to be a united front with your kid. So if, if he's, and kids are really good at this, and, uh, and even if they're really well behaved, they know how to play parents off each other. So if they notice a weakness in the fortress, kind of, they're going to they're gonna figure out a way to you know, get you guys to argue, and that takes a focus off him. So I think it's important, again, to just not in a punitive way, not in a punishing way, but just say, you know, this is what happened with the money, so what do you suggest we do? Um, and things that you can do are to give him, again, a prepaid credit card where you put the cash on, and when that money is gone, it's gone. Um, also, uh, having an account, again, where you, you have access to that checking and savings account, and you can transfer money in, but he's not allowed to transfer money in. That's another way to keep track of the money. And again, working with him on a budget. And also looking at, you know, does he have ADHD and does he need an evaluation and would, would medication or other treatment help him? But again, I think having a united front with your spouse or partner is the most important thing. Wonderful. Thank you. We are ready for our last question for today. And our question comes from Mark. And Mark has one that many people with ADHD do face. And he says, I can't pay bills on time, and this causes my financial issues to snowball. What are some strategies so I can make sure I pay bills on time? Getting bills paid on time is something that uh, a lot of people try to achieve and yet somehow have difficulty. You want to get as many things online as possible. I think everything that I do is online at this point. So, uh, you know, I pay mortgage online. I pay um, electric bill online. I mean, you pay everything automatically. So I don't even have to think about it. You just have to make sure you have enough money in your account. Um, so what you can do is you can space out the payments. So you say, oh, my electric bill is going to be taken out on the first of the month. Um, your mortgage or rent may not be negotiable. So let's say that's on the first. Um, you have your automatic withdrawal of your phone and internet. You can schedule that for the 15th. So you have payments set up by when your paychecks come in. And the important thing, again, is to that when you have that, that automatic withdrawal, you, you uh, have to make sure you do have that money in your account. Because if you do bounce a payment, doesn't go through, then they may not allow you to do online payments anymore. But again, you want to eliminate the paper in your life. Okay, so automatic uh, withdrawal, you get an email saying this is how much money we're going to take out on this date. It gets taken out of that account, and if you have online money management software, you can even have it synced so that it automatically shows online that that money was taken out. So again, just get as much paper out of your house as possible. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Dr. Sarkis, for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, this, this has been an informative experience, and I think our audience has learned a lot of things that they'll be able to apply to their regular life. Dr. Sarkis, thank you very much, and we would like to thank all of our participants for being with us today. 
And this concludes our chat. If there are any questions, if anyone would like any additional information, please contact us at the National Resource Center on ADHD at 1-800-233-4050. Thank you very much, and we hope that you have had a good day.